Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you two actually experiences that I've recently had, and I'm using these experiences as examples to kind of explain where our future generations are going. And it's a pretty interesting topic because you may, and I'll give you both sides of it, you may feel like, oh, right, great for those kids. But on the other end, it's not necessarily supportive to respect and a common decency within parents. Yeah. And the reason why I'm calling this podcast fearful versus fearless parenting is because I feel that now that I've had these two experiences and I see this over and over and over again, it's just, these are the two I'm going to talk about today. I think that we are parenting from a place of fear because we know how wounded we feel from our own parenthood or excuse me, childhood from our own parenting that our parents did for to us, let's say. And we're so scared to do that again. We're so scared and we want different. And so of course that's, I feel why there's been such a shift in parenting in terms of conscious and gentle parenting. And while yes, I did a podcast on that I want to kind of give some examples almost of where our next generations are going. And again, these are my personal opinions. So take some time and think through this. And I hope that this podcast helps you question your own parenting and decide what you want this to look like for your own family. So the first example I'm going to give you or experience, let's say I had, was a few weeks ago. We went to dinner after this Hanukkah event. And there were, let me count, five, oh, there were 10 of us. Okay. And we ordered with this really nice younger lady at the counter. And it was a burger joint where you could see outside and watch the kids play on the playground. You could also sit outside, but it was cold as F. So we were going to sit in this it was like a square booth, right? Like 10 people could have fit at this table. And it was right next to the windows where we could have seen the kids playing outside and the parents could stay in and we could chat and all the things. We finish ordering and then we go to this booth that we're going to sit down at and we see the girl who we had just finished ringing up the order. Super nice girl. She's wiping down the table. So we're like, oh, great. We'll sit here. She looks at us and we go, oh, cool. Thanks for, you know, cleaning down the table. And she was like, well, actually I'm going to sit here. It's my, it's my break time. And we were like, excuse me. And she was like, I'm going to sit here. You can have this table after me. And for sure, young twenties, let's say. And we were like, well, there's 10 of us. There's one of you. And 
we would like to be able to see our children and make sure they are safe out on the playground. And she was like, you can do that after I'm done with my break. When I tell you blown away and what we didn't realize with that was that she was wiping down the table because she had already kicked out another family. She put her drink down apparently and they had started doing the same thing and they were a large family as well. And she said the same thing and they didn't recognize that it was just her. And they were like, we wouldn't have moved if we had recognized it was just her. And she, this girl held her ground. She held her ground and I kindly spoke to her and I was like, look, I very much understand you are stating a boundary here. You just explained that you've been waiting to sit here. You don't want to sit in the rest of the restaurant for your own break. And you just really want to sit here and have your, have your meal. I fully understand that. I also need you to understand that we are paying customers and we have 10 of us with very young children and they're outside on the playground and we need to make sure our children are safe. And this is truly the best place for us to be seated so that we can keep our children safe, keep an eye on them, but also sit together. She wasn't having it. She did. She sat there and we sat at a far away table um, that we couldn't really see the kids. So we had to keep running in and out and there was no, it just didn't work. Okay. But we did it. And it was kind of crazy when we ended up sitting next to the other family that they had just gotten kicked out of this large ass booth as well. I use this experience because I don't know if this would have happened if the manager was there, right? Um, we kindly went up, we kindly said something. Again, super nice girl. Like she wasn't, she wasn't trying to be nasty or like it wasn't, and it wasn't argumentative, right? Um, we didn't let it get there, but she grew up, right, in this generation where we have taught our children to express themselves, voice their opinions, state their boundaries, request their needs, and. That's very much what I do with my own clients is teach them how to tell their children and learn how to do this. But when you are an employee versus a paying customer that we've come in to pay for your food and sit and enjoy an experience at your restaurant, there needs to be an understood line. Okay. And you might be listening to this. I completely disagree. Good job. That girl, she deserves a break too. Like well, a thousand percent, I believe she deserves a break, which is why I very much calmly discussed it with her and validated her feelings. But that would have never, ever happened, like ever happened when you or I were growing up as children. It wouldn't have because when you are, let's say, quote, in a position of working or this or that, and you are the paying customer, you would have known that that's a boundary, right? Let's say. I am not minimizing this this girl. I like I need you to know she matters and I, I very much feel that. And I'm I'm using these experiences as examples, okay? It it just goes to show that yes, we're teaching our children and like and part of me was like, good for her. Like she stood up for herself, like boundaries, hey, like all right, like she doesn't push it, like let people push her around. I wouldn't really consider that us pushing her around. It was more of like there were two large families and we wanted to be able to see our kids and all the different reasons that I just said. But inside I was like, all right, like this girl's standing up for her needs. Like she's badass. Like go at it, girl. But in the other sense, it's like, no, like it, that's, it's just not, it's, it's just not okay. Right. Especially when there were reasons, safety reasons, even why we felt that that booth was better for our family. Another example. And then I'll get to the point of why I'm sharing all these examples. This happened yesterday. No joke. I went to this place called Urban Air with my kids 
And we have a membership there because they go so often. They love it. It is like wildly overstimulating. It's ridiculous. There's like, you know, we don't just have like a trampoline park anymore. P.S. When I was growing up, there was this trampoline park in New Orleans where there was a fence. There were trampolines outdoors. They were each like connected next to each other. I'm talking metal rims here, not like the soft padding that you see at all these trampoline parks. Yeah. There were sprinklers when it was hot outside and we would jump and jump and jump and jump. Now it's like bigger and better and and oh boy, but it's not just a trampoline park. Now, Urban Air is a trampoline park and a dodgeball and a trampoline where you can jump on top and throwing hoops and oh, there's a rock wall. And oh, wait a second. If you buy the ultimate, ultimate package, then you can do this like skydiving experience. And there's virtual reality and there's, oh, there's zip lining and there's uh, a ropes course. Like it's, it's out of control, right? Like our kids are growing up very differently than you and I did. But anyway, that's a side note. So with the membership comes a little snack coupon. My kids were like, hey, we want our snack. I'm like, sure, go get in line. So we didn't bring water for the kids. And I was like, all right, let me go stand in line with them, give them my credit card, whatever, and get them some water too. So at this point, I figured Charlie went ahead of Eli and I figured Charlie was far gone. He ate his snack right there and he was back to playing. Like I couldn't believe that he was still in line, which meant that he was probably in line for 20 minutes and Eli was probably in line for five to 10. Okay. And they also had a friend. So there was three of them. I was like, geez, I can't believe y'all have been in line this long. And they're like, yeah, I know. Like this line is so long. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll just stay here and wait with you guys and I'll, I'll get you guys some water. Um, they wanted ices and I was worried if I gave them the credit card, <laughs> they would do it. Although I know they wouldn't because they would have listened to me, but I just stayed with them. So all of a sudden I'm standing there probably for 10 minutes and I look up and there was about three people, like three different parties, let's say ahead of us. Now there's a clump of boys that's probably eight deep to like the side of the line. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey guys, where did these kids come from? And Charlie's like, I don't know. Like they were in front of me and they left. And I was like, yeah, I didn't see them when I first got in the line here. Charlie's like, yeah, all of a sudden they're back and they're trying to cut the line. And I asked the mom, she's pregnant, holding her child in front of us. And I said, Hey, did these, did these kids cut? And she's like, yes, they did. They were not here. And I was like, okay. And we kind of talked about it. And then then the person was like stepping away and the boys, these eight boys were like kind of pushing in their way into the kind of side line. <laughs> and the mom was cool. And she was like, Hey, Hey, Hey guys, like, no, 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 no. We were here. Like y'all got to go get in line. These kids start back talking like big time, like big time. They're like, no, that was his mom right there. We, she was holding our spot for us, which wasn't the case. The mom didn't a pay for their stuff and B she didn't even look at them. Like she, she literally did not look at them. She just walked right away. So, you know, Miss Brooke, I just almost said Miss Badass. Like I was like, mm -mm, no homie, like this isn't going to fly. So I scoot up and I'm like, Hey guys, there's like kids, like little kids, two little kids in front trying to get their little snacks. And I'm like, Hey guys, like, come on, like y'all, y'all go get in line here. Like it's not cool. I, look at the line. Everyone's been, you know, everyone's been waiting. And these kids are like, that was, that's my mom. That was my mom. And I'm like, okay, well, she didn't pay for you. And it, it looks like, you know, you're not in line and everyone else has been waiting. So, you know, head out. And I, the balls on this kid, this little 13 year old, he was like, what? You don't believe me? That was my mom. I don't have to listen to you. Like, I'm not going to talk like so defiant, 
so rude, so completely out of line. I don't have to prove to you anything. No joke. And I, I'm like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to die. I literally, I I had volcano erupting inside of me, erupting inside of me. But I was like, Brooke, keep your cool here. Keep your cool. So I was like, I just looked straight at that kid. And I was like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 13. He has like his little phone in his hand. And I was like, you've got some balls. Like if he can serve it to me, I'm going to treat him the same way as I would treat someone my age because that's how he was acting. And I was like, at this point, it doesn't really matter about the line. I do want to know who your mom is because I want to talk to her. And they're like, he was like, no, I'm not going to get my mom. Like, why do I have to get my mom? Like, I don't have to prove anything to you. And I was like, okay. And so the other kid was like, yo, I think like, I think we better go. Like, I think we better get his mom. Like, ah. So another kid goes and gets his mom and I talked to her. I was like, I, I just, I just need you to know that your son was incredibly, incredibly disrespectful to myself and to another pregnant mom in front. And it seemed like they were kind of etching in the line when you were walking away. And from what the mom in front of me said, as well as my son, they were not in line. They were behind this mom and they need to wait in line. And this kid was like, well, well, you didn't believe me. So, and I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have to prove to you anything. I don't have to prove to you anything. And he was like, and, and, and you told me that I have balls. And I looked right at the mom and I said, I did say that. I did say that to your son because he is speaking to two mothers and two women in a completely disrespectful manner that should not be coming out of his mouth. And I had no qualms about saying that. None. Like, I know that's super ballsy and super blunt, but like, that child's 13 years old, 13 years old in no way, shape, form, or capacity should that child have the balls to just come. It wasn't just like, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It wasn't just like trying to be like, no, sorry, actually you're wrong. I'm right. It was like, fuck you. Like, did you, it, did you hear how my voice just got louder? It was like an anger and like a fuck you. I could give two shits about who you are. If you're a mom, that you're older than me, that there should be some, 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 I'm not saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir. Like, I'm not saying them that, but there should be some level of respect. If, if these women are saying, yeah, like cop to it, come on, like be, if you're going to act that age, like fucking grow up and be like, all right, yeah, you're right. We did that. Don't act like a little pisser. Like, don't fucking do that. As you can see, I've said the F-bomb many times because I'm pissed. Like, I'm pissed because I look at places like Urban Air that I just described, and I look at children like that, and the other kids were kind of like, ooh, I don't know what to do. But this, there were a few of them that were like, oh, like I'm going to, mm-mm, like nope. And again, I just gave you the other experience of like, maybe we should be saying good for that child, good for that other girl who worked at the burger joint who's like standing up for themselves. Like, you better believe I want my children to learn how to stand up for themselves, but I want them to do it with tact and respect. That was just a fucking hot mess, like a mess. And I believe that it's two things. I believe that it's fearful parenting that is getting our children to this point because we are so afraid, like I said in the beginning of this, we are so afraid to actually parent our children because we feel our wounds so deep and it is so talked about nowadays. Like it is so openly talked about our childhood wounds. It is so openly talked about, which is important. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Like it is important that we understand our own 
wounds and, and needing to heal that from our own childhood. Yeah. I feel that there is this fear that our children aren't going to like us. We're not going to have the connection with our children. We're not going to be able to, like, they're going to say, fuck you. If we parent them from the lens of being in the driver's seat, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, not sorry. Like this shit's hard. And maybe I have more of that lens. I don't know. I'm trying to like give that in case this sounds super harsh, but like I'm doing this on my own. And so I know how hard this is. I know how hard this is to show up. I know how hard this is to make sure that my children are taken care of emotionally, financially, extracurriculars and weekends. Like we are all doing the best we can. I personally feel that deserves some level of respect mutual respect where they can share like, Hey, that didn't feel good. They can share their emotions. They can share their feeling. They can come to you and say, mom, that didn't feel good. Like you didn't, I I didn't like when you did that, but it's, it's the tactic. It's the way of saying it. And it's the ability to share and verbalize what you're feeling in a way that's not fuck you. And I believe that it's our fear, our fear of not wanting to break a bond and connection within our children, that's A, causing that. B, we are living in a hamster wheel of life where, like I just said, urban air didn't exist when you and I were growing up. So the level of overstimulation in these children's brain is absolutely like off the charts. Not to mention this child has a phone inside of an overstimulated place. And not to mention you and I are... And all of us are overstimulated because we all have phones in our faces and TVs and, and you're listening to the podcast. Maybe you're turning it on 2X. Who knows? But like, this is, you can tell I get so fired up. Like, this is so fucking important. I don't really know what else to say. This is so crucial. There is an ability to find a balance between conscious and gentle parenting versus fearless parenting versus owning your boundaries, taking the time to teach our children how to communicate in a beautiful, supportive, healthy manner. I believe that we went into the pandemic completely different people than we came out, completely different people. The fear, it's like PTSD. Like there was so much fear of death. Like literally that's what it boiled down to of, I am so afraid that I might die from this because none of us knew what the hell were going to happen that we all listened. We locked ourselves in our house because we had no earthly idea how to handle this. We did the best we could. But in the time that the pandemic happened, the world of internet, social media, and how we get fulfilled within our life, even how we buy groceries, how we, do you watch regular cable TV anymore? Are you just like Netflixing and Huluing and and Masterclass? And I mean, there's endless apps now that you can watch on-demand shows. Like the world is different. And there has to be a balance between, of course, keeping up with the world, right? We don't want to be like, all right, I'm going to be like Little House on the Prairie out here by myself and and totally push this away. But we can't succumb to all of it because more and more and more and more and more, we are going to see this. And when you and I were growing up, a child would have never, like one of, we would have never spoken to a parent like that ever. And like, that's the bottom line. And you bet I've got balls by going to talk to that mom. But how else do we fix this problem? I didn't go there to shame that mom. I didn't go there to embarrass her. I went there with full intentions of being like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but 
your like your son was completely disrespectful. That 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 didn't look well for him. Like that didn't go well for him. And just like as a healthcare provider, I was taught to have this oath of if a child's in harm to say something like I feel, especially with what I do, I have a duty to be like, I think you're a wonderful human, mom, like more power to you. Like, I'm not trying to rip you apart here and say you're doing a terrible job. That is not what I'm trying to do. What I do in my own home is every single person in my neighborhood, they all know what's going on in our life. They all know that if my children are in their care or if they're at their house or if their children are here at mine, I'm going to support that child the same exact way I support my own and they do the same. If they're out of line or they do something, I want that parent to say something. It's better than just being like, mm -mm, we're not going to have them back. Mm -mm, they like stepped on our couch. That was so rude. Like, no, we are all stretched so thin that we need to do this together. And I believe that part of this is understanding and being aware of this. And I do believe that this will continue to happen more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Look at the state of the world in terms of how much people are like, you're wrong. You're right. F you. F that. Like, we're kind of combusting here, if you haven't noticed. And it it's, frankly scares the shit out of me, which is why it's so important to talk about this. And if it's not discussed, then it's just going to keep happening. Do I have the solution? Nope, I don't. I don't have the solution to the combustion of this world. Like, I don't. But I do know that we can support children. I do know that we can teach children that we love them. We care about their feelings. We will always listen. Always listen. Perfect example, everyday life. At some point in your life, your child may say they hate you. Perfect example. It's happened to me. When my child's in that moment, and I've written a post on this, like it's not the time to teach a child how to swim because clearly they're struggling. So I get through the moment, but you better believe we have a conversation about that because I don't want to be told I hate you. And it's okay to have that conversation of I felt so sad. Like I want my child to know how it made me feel. You have that right. That is mutual respect. You can find a way to stay in the driver's seat of like, hey, I respect you. I don't tell you I hate you. So I really don't want you to tell me you hate me. I find that some of the parenting stuff out there in the past decade has been, like I said, the conscious and gentle parenting to the point of like, it's okay to sit with a child no matter what they're saying. A thousand percent. I a thousand percent agree with that. They are struggling. They're probably dysregulated. They're literally saying those things because they don't know what else to say. And they're trying to express to you how much they're struggling. But you better believe it is okay to have that conversation after, literally after the storm has passed to regroup and express your own feelings about it and tell them maybe, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to say that to me. Does mommy say that to you? Mm -mm. And think about it this way. Would you want your partner to share that stuff with you? Would you want your partner to talk to you the way that kid talked to me? I got to tell you, I would never ever let a partner talk to me the way that 13-year-old talked to me. Yes, I know he's hormonal. Yes, I know all the things. But it's up to us. We are responsible for the children that we are releasing into this world. Us. I don't want that child speaking to that sweet mom that way either. His own mom. And if he spoke to me that way, can you imagine what's happening within his own home? Because we tend to be a little bit more... I thought we tended to be more respectful out in public, right? Like, and we show everything out in our own home. That was not the case here. The point that I'm trying to get at with having this conversation is that 
it is okay to have hard conversations with your children. They will not hate you forever. <laughs> they won't. It is not fun to have those conversations. It feels wildly uncomfortable to talk to your own children about something maybe they did wrong or something that hurt or something that didn't feel good. But how will they learn that it's okay to either share those things or how to share those things, right? Like it's okay to, to, to talk to an adult in public, like, but just be kind and, and like respectful and not combative and defensive. And like, and that can be taught that can be supported within your own home. I also find that there's such a struggle with teachers right now of, I mean, this is, could be a whole nother podcast with like the education system and it probably will. And I'll go on my rant on that too. But like, I think that we are putting so much pressure on the teachers to show up for our kids and do it all. And I think that the teachers are drowning because they feel like they don't have enough support from us. And I feel like we are drowning because we're on this hamster wheel. And again, I don't have the answer for you. All I can give you is neurosensory regulation and teach you how to fricking slow down your brain so you're not on the hamster wheel that, so that you do understand how to slow down and have the conversations with your kids. Have the conversations. It is okay for our children, just like that first example I gave you, it is okay to express how we're feeling, state your boundaries, all the different things, but has to be done in a proper manner. Maybe there is, you know, in a restaurant, I'm sure there's like guidelines of, of how to take your break or where to take it. Like it's not, you know, maybe the right thing that she did, but maybe, maybe that's okay with the restaurant. Who knows? But the point of this is that things are evolving and they're shifting fast super, 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 super fast. And our kids have access to so much so soon as a child these days. And we have to step up. And I'm not saying you're not, but I think this is just a reminder of it is okay to be in the driver's seat as a parent. It is okay to teach the hard lessons. It is okay to tell your child if they're saying something that you don't, it doesn't feel good. It's so, so excruciatingly uncomfortable. I could go into so many examples of my own life. I have so much fear. Like my fear is understandable too. I have so much fear that my children could potentially repeat the same pattern as Jonathan. But if I parented from that lens of fear, they would completely walk all over me, especially being little strong boys. They would. They would. And that is one of the things as a solo parent, I've had to learn how to do is step up my game in terms of, I, I don't want to say demanding, but like requesting the decency that I want to be given to me as a human. I don't want to be the punching bag. In your heated moments and all the different things, like I see what's going on. I'll support you till the end of time. Like I will support you. Have your moments. I'll be there for you, thick and thin. But I am going to talk to them about how it made me feel so that they know that is mutual, common, balanced respect. And you can have that too. If you have absolutely no idea how to get back in the driver's seat, and I've talked about this in one of my previous podcasts with one of my parents of, I think it was the Sensory Seeking podcast of how when her child came to me, he was seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking to the point of like breaking things in his bedroom. And like, 
she was trying. So, oh, I think it was a conscious parenting one. Like she was trying so hard to just like be in the moment and let him like, let him express and do all the things. But like he, he knew that he could keep pushing and he kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And what ends up happening with these children, I hate to say this, but you're, you're giving them no boundaries. So they're like the sky's the limit. And to the point where they're breaking shards of glass in the house, right? Like you, you have to teach them like, where's the line? Where is the line? And it is okay to have those boundaries with your children. It is okay to request. I don't really know what to say. Like common decency. Like it is okay. You're working your ass off here. That's like the biggest thing I can give you as a takeaway. Like you are working so hard to be the best parent you can possibly be. And if you don't appreciate or like, or you don't like how it feels, the language that your children are saying to you or how they're speaking to you, or if your kids are teens, or like it's okay to say, no, thank you. I promise you, they will still love you. I've had to put my foot down many times of like, mm -mm, I love you so much, buddy. I love you so, 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 so much. And we have the conversations where everything is calm, cool, and collected, right? After the fact, not in the storm. But if I don't say those things to you, that's not something that you can say to me. And you get to decide what feels right for you. You. Yeah. And so I share those two examples because I do feel that the world and children are evolving. And I think that it can be fine-tuned in terms of still allowing them to have their boundaries or to express themselves, but in a really healthy way. Yeah. I would say the example at the restaurant, she did a pretty good job of like expressing herself. She didn't get heated. The whole thing was fine in terms of like the conversation itself. Yeah. It was very chill, let's say. And I did, like I said, I was like, all right, like she's holding her ground. Like, damn, like deep down, I was like, damn right. Like she's got that fire. Like she's st stepping up for herself. Yeah. So take with it what you want from that example. But I use this because these are children. These are children and they're learning how to show up for themselves. So it's working, right? The shift in parenthood, it's working, but I don't want to be like, I don't want to be ripped to shreds by a 13 year old. That I got to tell you, like that didn't feel good. Like I said, I had like a volcano going inside of me. It didn't feel good. It did not feel good for a 13-year-old to speak to me the way that they he was speaking to me. And like I said, it was basically like a fuck you with two fingers in the air. And I was like, whoa, like, damn, like, oh my God. Like it was anger and it was defensiveness and it was like, holy shit. Like, oh my gosh, like this is not good. Like, oh boy. So that's my rant for today. Feels a little uncomfortable because you may have so many different opinions about this and you may be like, oh, you're wrong. Like you shouldn't have talked to that mom. You went and shamed that mom. Mm -mm, that's not what I did. Had a really lovely conversation with her. But I have to trust in my gut here and like share this with you because if, if I don't, who's doing this, right? Like where are we going to see the change? Yeah, I know you're scared to get back in the driver's seat. That's sometimes why I work with parents because we don't know how to get a hold of this and, and get like tighten the reins, but still have a loving, connective relationship where my child shares everything with me. Right. Because again, I need that. I need to be able to hold boundaries and say, mm -mm, I'm the boss here. Like I'm in the driver's seat. I need you to be able to respect what I'm asking. Like I don't have a choice. I'm I, like, I would, I would drown. Like my children have to do what I'm asking. Right. Like I, 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 like it's, it's sink or swim over here. Yeah. So it's of necessity for me. 
But at the same time, I can't afford to lose that emotional connection with my children because I have such innate, like ingrained fear. And it, it like my children have a higher percentage rate of it happening to them or that them doing the same thing John did. And so like, I'm not willing to lose either. I'm not willing to lose my place in the driver's seat. Right. And you guys know that I use our brain and all of that as a car, an example of a car. So it makes very much sense to say, stay in the driver's seat. Like if you're the passenger, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. it's exhausting sometimes to get back in that driver's seat. It takes a lot of work and effort. It does. Like, I don't really know what else to say, but Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. So like do it slow. If you need help, reach out. But I want you to know that there is a level of parenting that can be balanced. And I'm saying that from experience because I want, like, I, I give you those personal examples because I want you to know how much it matters. And maybe that'll build a little bit more trust in all the things that I just said. Because I, even after that whole situation, especially with what happened yesterday, the kids got their snacks. We went off and sat down. And the, th- the three, the other kid that was with us, all three of them, and I was like, okay, everyone, let's have a conversation. I was like, like we, we debriefed, we talked about it. And I was like, that did not feel good. I was like, he's 13 years old. And I looked at the boys and I was like, that is not okay to speak to an adult like that. You can share your concerns. You can express your own feelings, but not in the way that he did that. And I've always told you all to express and share how you're feeling. And that is okay to do, but it has to be in a respectful manner and a calm manner to be able to have a conversation with adults. And they're like, okay, mommy. Okay. Okay. You, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like they saw it and they, they, I don't think it felt good for them either. They were kind of like, their eyes were like, oh boy. like oh. And so it was a teaching moment. I had, I had to take an opportunity to be like, yep. Like I need you to remember this. It's not okay. I very much want our children to be able to go up on the playground to a bully and be like, yo, that doesn't feel good. I need you to back away. Yeah. But there was no bullying here from my, my end or this other mom. And so they need to know how to respond in the meeting, meeting our emotional regulation, like meeting us where we're at. Yeah. And not like full-blown defensiveness. And it takes time and effort. So until next time, until I get the balls to do story time again, XOXO, Dr. B.